After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials tonight. We'll talk about good ones and bad ones and ones where people say weird shit like this. And that's why you're my favorite me. I thought I was your favorite me. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hello, Genevieve Has. Hello, Andrew. So, do you remember the story... (laughs) Uh, I don't know where this why, is why going. Are you, why are you laughing? I don't know. I thought oh. I, sometimes I know where we're going to be going. <laughs> Do you remember the story of the um, the Major League Baseball pitcher who uh, injured his hand? I think during the regular season, but he was like playing with his drone at home or something. And he had a non-sport related injury, but it hampered his ability to do his job. Okay, sort of. I kind of have that going on today. What happened? As you know, I'm a little frazzled, right? Yes, I so can tell. So we're rushing in here at the last minute. You have an appointment you have to be at a little bit later, so we're trying to kind of get this done. And I'm the one who's been holding everything up. I uh, did not have lunch at a reasonable time today. So I was really hungry this afternoon. I rush out to grab some food quickly before we are to record. I think any reasonable person in that situation would not order a giant bowl of soup like that doesn't really seem like the quick oh i need to eat something quickly so i can get back yeah. on the let's start with something that's too hot to eat so let's go to an asian restaurant and get a giant bowl of wonton soup that yeah. comes out so damn hot right. i i try i let it sit there but for i know a you bit. and you've been thinking about wonton soup for three or four mm-hmm. days now yeah, so it's no surprise i mean to me. surprised it lasted that long yeah. usually if i have if I have my eyes on a food, I'll, I'll get to it in the next hour or two. Um, <laughs> so uh, suffice to say, I've burned my tongue. Okay. I'm dealing with an injury here. Um, I haven't seen the show sheet at all. Sure. Um, I don't know what's going on. So I've okay. hobbled myself and I'm, I'm frazzled. And so I got to just hand everything over to you, if you don't mind. I'll no, stay here. I'll stay in the room with you. Yeah. But I think I got to just hand things over that's to you. That's fine. Today. As long as I don't have to... Um operate any knobs or buttons mm-hmm. or anything i think i can handle the okay i'll be consider me your engineer the for editorial the next hour or so parts of this show yeah great got, i've got it covered sounds good we got it we got it fixed okay. you know why because it's aviv's takeover day. that's what it is today isn't it a genevieve takeover it's, a genevieve it's actually takeover. kind of perfect i wasn't even really setting you up for that everything <laughs> i said up to this point is the god's honest truth um but it is a genevieve takeover you've got a couple of campaigns that have caught your eye yeah this is just me at my most loving of commercials wanting to share with you the ad council um what's just like what i love to what the commercials i love to see Mm -hmm. that are making me happy one of these and i honestly don't i really don't know what's coming up today but i was kind of peeking ahead a little bit and it sounds like you're doing a deep dive on a campaign that we've already talked about once but there was only one commercial at that point and now it has a whole family of commercials yes and then that took me on yet another down another rabbit hole so it's it's a real inception kind of show and it will get slower uh, your experience of time will slow way down, I'm sure. No, as, as because we go. because yeah. of, now I have a top that I keep on spinning, right? And so if it stops <laughs> spinning, am I still doing the podcast? How does it work? <laughs> That's right. Then it's, it's not really happening. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. All right. Well, then, with I guess no further ado, is there any further ado? No, let's not have any further ado. Okay, no more further ado. <laughs> 
a cat is not subordinate to a dog. That is extremely rude to cats. We met five minutes ago. Now we're married. You know what people like about gum? History. If it gets completely fucked up, so what? All right. Well, let's begin uh, where this started for me, which was I was watching TV, not the Lifetime channel, because I typically don't watch the Lifetime channel. I have never been able to fully get on board with the the whole campiness of of Lifetime movies. It's not that I... The kind of planned irony. The planned irony. Yeah. And it's not that I don't appreciate how someone might like that. It's just not exactly for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I, I can appreciate that Lifetime has leaned into this sort of into their reputation. You know, I think what started for them as like kind of schlocky programming has become very self-aware and they're very funny about it. And I saw an ad um, that unfortunately I couldn't find. I was able to find an, a bunch of other ones in the same campaign. Hmm. I, the, but the one that I saw in the wild, I, I can't locate for whatever reason. But they're doing this campaign um, called Someone's Been Watching Lifetime Movies. Uh-huh. I have not seen these at it's all, by the way. wonderful. These ads are fantastic. The premise of all of them is a, it's always a woman, which fair or unfair probably does represent their demographic uh, pretty accurately. It's always a woman who's in a very banal, ordinary, everyday situation, and she has an interaction with somebody. But instead of reacting like a normal person, she reacts like someone who is so steeped in the mm-hmm. tropes of Lifetime movies that she like completely overreacts or like assumes terrible intent on the on the part of these in, these innocent strangers that she's meeting. Can we go over what some of those tropes are to begin with? And yeah. I'm not I'm not playing stupid here because I mean I know <laughs> you're I, genuinely stupid. I, oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> I want more ado. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I know here let me let me take a stab at it okay yeah. in in all earnestness Often taking a stab at it <laughs> is exactly what happens I often think of uh, abusive relationships usually right yeah. usually a, a man on a woman abusive relationship or a psych- psychologically abusive relationship? Yeah, you get a lot of sort of single white... I mean, these are all... Lifetime didn't invent any of the tropes that yeah. their movies are based well, on. But what are they known for? When well, we say the tropes of Lifetime. Sort of like, um, you know, girl, you're in danger. Girl, you're in danger. That's That sums it right up. Uh, girl, you're in danger from your psycho best friend who's single white femaling you. Okay. Girl, you're in danger from that um, that hunky professor who uh, is now stalking you. Uh, girl, you're in danger from your daughter's um, seemingly uh, cool best friend, but who is now um, trying to become your other daughter by killing your real daughter. Girl, you're in danger of a bear. Girl, no, Al... Typically not I'm just. Push, I'm trying to find a bear. The, the boundaries. That's more here. like. I feel like that's more like a, sort of like survival kind okay, of. Okay. Girl, okay. you're in danger from a bear is that's more like it. you know like. Okay. Um, naked and afraid okay, or something. Gotcha. Okay, I think we've got it homed in here then. Um, so which are we going to start with here? Let's start with this one um, where a woman there's a just sort of a very very lovely big suburban house guy in a blue truck rolls up. He's dressed, you know, he's a plumber. He's got a, uh, overalls on, coveralls on. He knocks on the door to announce that he is there to do the plumbing, um, but he gets an, sort of a surprising reception. Hi, I'm here to fix the faucet. 
Really? We both know if I let you in, I'm gonna kiss you. We'll start an affair and suddenly you'll convince me to murder my husband. But it's not to get him out of the picture now, is it, Ron? Uh, I'm Steve. You're a con man. <laughs> if I don't pay up, you'll tell the cops where I bury the body. Oh. Nice try, Ron. And then at, as he stands there kind of flummoxed, it just says someone's been watching Lifetime movies. So these that's are great the performances. Yes. And the over-the-top, uh, the melodramatic uh, acting is is very much like, you know, it's so self-aware. It's so knowing. I love the knowingness of these. And the woman seems of a type. Now, I don't. I seriously don't want to be rude. And I, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually being serious here or come off as sexist or whatever. But she's a woman who reminds me of like, I don't watch the type of shows that I think she's on, but she looks like a woman of a certain age who has had some work done on yeah. her face and is like kind of that. Uh, she's a little stringy. Little, yeah, a little in like kind of fancies herself a cougar kind of, right? Would that yeah, be I mean, she's a she's a middle-aged woman, but she's well-maintained. Mm-hmm, right. But a little on the stringy side. Let's yeah, say. yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I said, I could, I could stand to be stringier myself. <laughs> um uh, one another thing I like about that. I don't know why I said it like that, but one another thing I like about these is the opening. So the opening shot there is really cinematic, and I'm only seeing the freeze frames of the next two as well. And they're all kind of interesting. They're these nice wide shots, like they're bringing the production. Ve- it's not just a trope, or it's not just like pointing out their tropes in content, but also like they're really bringing their cinematic twist to these things. Yeah, like, I think they are. Like it, it, the the production values feel like that, and they're they are they're they're nicely shot yeah you know um they're not they don't look cheap especially the establishing shots yeah you know it looks like a film so uh anything to set up on the next one it looks like it takes place in a laundromat yeah so you have a woman in a laundromat she's folding her clothes um a guy kind of a cute guy uh picks up a sock and tries to return it to her because it's fallen out of her basket i think you dropped this <laughs> wow you stole that from my basket so you can come hit on me. What? I know how this goes. We start dating, and then I realize you're not Tom from Portland. You're a cyber stalker who's had a face transplant after murdering a shrink and selling her organs on the black market. Okay. Bye. <laughs> he just sets the sock down. Yeah, keep walking, bucko. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. They're so good. They're so good. I wish I could have found the one that like first turned me on to these. It's a woman in a parking lot outside of a grocery store or something, some or some home goods store. And I think she like uh, somebody off these two guys walk up uh, uh, clearly a couple of men and they are a little older than her. And they offer to help her, like, load her groceries or something into the car. And she does, you know, she has a, a an overreaction to an extreme degree where she says, I know what's going to happen. You're going to throw me into your trunk and drug me and make me think that I'm your long-lost daughter. And then as they, they kind of, like, back away slowly, she yells, good luck getting me into that trunk. <laughs> and, and the men are a couple themselves, yeah. I see. Which it, and yeah. honestly, I really wish I could have found that one because I think Lifetime has a little bit of a dicey history with with uh kind of lgbtq affirming messages but whether it's in their programming or in the uh, the sponsors that they work with yeah what was that did they get i think they got in like some hot water because they ran a, a commercial that was about a gay couple and then the million angry moms yeah you know got angry uh, and and it was they, like a wedding. They, it was commercial. a wedding, commercial. but there, there was like not even any physical contact between the two women, right? No. But it was like, 
but like the the million angry moms yeah came obscenity in. Yeah, yeah right so um, so then they so then lifetime acquiesced and pulled and then it, they but had then to walk they, that back then they walked that exactly. back yeah so so it's nice to see them proactively yeah, including right. like uh you know gay friends and neighbors in their in their universe I want to see that one now I know I it's I looked everywhere for it ad council if you can track it down I don't know why I couldn't find it it should have been with the whole I mean this we're looking at the lifetime YouTube channel yeah, like I don't know funny. why it's not included here um. Oh, they're bringing. Now I'm just looking at their um, website. The Highway to Heaven is coming back. I did told you, you mention that to me the other day? I did. Now is this going to be a movie or is it going to be yeah, another series? Show. An updated take on Michael. Sorry, we're just doing this now. An updated <laughs> take on Michael Landon's iconic 1980s television series, Highway to Heaven. It's a new original movie reboot. Oh, it's not a series. Yeah, follows Angel. Watch Stewart. for it to become a series if yeah. the movie does well. Yeah, an angel who was sent back to Earth to help others. I thought they were, I think I mentioned this to you, like what they should do is the whole, it should be meta. You know how everything's meta these days? Yeah. Did you know that? I heard about that, Zuckerberg. Yeah. <laughs> Zuckerberg. Everything is real meta. They The whole series should be a meta, like they should try to build a highway to heaven Mm-hmm. Like a highway to heaven to right. get Michael Landon back, yeah. So he can star in the reboot, Highway of, from Heaven, uh, Highway to Heaven, right? So like it, yeah. Anyway, that I mean, I'm a visionary, and I understand that there's <laughs> some, um, you know, definitely some production hurdles there, but I think it would have been cool. Do you have you have one more of these though, right? Yeah, this one's great too. This one instead of having um, a man and a woman, which as you say, like often, girl, you're in danger from a man is the is mm-hmm. the genre. But there are other ones where, girl, you're in danger from a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a woman. She's standing at, at her mailbox next door. Um, a new fa- a new woman is moving in, and the moving truck is there and everything. I think it's a little bit telling that all of these seem to take place in very... Well, the laundromat's kind of an urban landscape. And it was a sort of a slightly... Didn't have the... Like, you know, you're if you're doing laundry at a laundromat, you probably don't live in a big suburban house, right? And it's worth noting that the woman who's in the laundromat commercial is significantly younger than yes. the woman who's in the first commercial Correct. we played. Different phase of life. You're hanging out in a... La- not hanging out, but you're doing your laundry in a laundromat. Yeah. Usually associated with younger but people. Often, I would Broadly say. speaking, I think these are talking to suburban viewers. Mm-hmm. And these are... This is no exception. So you have these two big suburban houses. Big, you know, three-car garage type of, type of house houses so um current you know resident is getting her mail new resident walks up to introduce herself as the new neighbor hey i'm Melissa. hi i'm new in town new in town huh you bought the house next to mine yep next i suppose you'll start dressing like me so you can seduce my husband <laughs> wait what before i know it you stolen my identity destroyed my life leaving me no choice but to Light your house on fire. <laughs> okay, take care. <laughs> you in <went> town. <laughs> All of them have a really good, like, little button on the end that is so perfect. <laughs> she, New she in town. Fl- she flicks her mailbox. Yeah. The I love performances the, are really so good, good, especially I lo- that one. I love the confidence love the of the, the crazy top. people who are watching too much <laughs> Lifetime. Like, they are not, they are not having it. When you told me you saw some commercial over the weekend, of course, the one you saw on TV is not even the one we're playing here. I can't even find it. But I remember you saying, I saw a a commercial I want to tell you about, and you were like, you don't usually do this. I do this to you all the time. But you're like, (laughs) I don't think I want you to see this one before the show, because I want your reaction. Like, that is... 
That is great. Yeah, aren't these you really know, good? That's really good. I don't want. It doesn't make me want to watch Lifetime movies. It makes me want to watch more of these commercials. I know. Whoever's they should, why don't they start these, making comedies? Make a comedy. Well, and, you know, Lifetime certainly has dabbled in the. Um, in like a in a satirical genre version, you know, they did like the stupid um, Mario Lopez as the as the sexy KFC Colonel. Oh, yeah, like, that, I mean, that corporate. And I think that like didn't like Kristen Wiig and and Will Ferrell do oh, something yes. that sort of walked a weird line between. It was, it was supposedly not funny, though. It was them just doing a Lifetime movie that was so hardcore parody that it wasn't yeah, actually funny. Which yeah, is... so I think they're they're int- they're playing in the space, yeah. as, as they say. But um, I agree that these are absolutely killing it uh, in terms of like the writing and the performances. And I would love to see Lifetime do something more programmatic with that energy. You yeah, know? yeah. I I'd love, love to know who the creatives were behind that. Maybe I'll poke around a little bit. Um, if that stuff is available, because it's not, you know, it's an internal promo yeah. kind of thing, less of a commercial. But um, well, someone's doing it. I mean, yeah. some, there's some creative firm here or, or yeah. team anyway. The, I got to say, the timing on that last one is just so funny, like in a couple of ways. But anyway, okay, I'll stop gushing now. But I understand why you wanted me to see that yeah. <laughs> fresh because that is so good. All right. Speaking of good, because uh, this is going to be kind of a nice love, transition, by the way. You are <laughs> you have really become a podcast professional. <laughs> Yes. Well, speaking of good, speaking of good, we talked, Andrew, do you remember us talking about um, this commercial for Zillow featuring a woman? And I don't even remember what like why it was on our radar, like what the theme of that show mm-hmm. was. I should have looked it up. Was it that did we have a theme of one person playing a lot of versions of themselves? No, or I, is keep this saying, the commercial I keep that saying I'm going to launch that. that idea. Yeah. That, okay. And then I never, never do. But this is um, this is a commercial for Zillow. It is. Uh, the premise is that this woman, um, Susan, uh, is having a sort of an internal debate with all of her different sides of her personality. They're represented in a big boardroom in a in a firm that is called Susan and Susan. So it's like mm-hmm. every and if you like the little details, like the more you look at these are great because like all over the walls of this conference room are like portraits of um you know what might other might oh, be old old CEOs. versions and they're all her but they're oh all my her God. i'm scrubbing through as you say that you're right this is so good this is so so good it's a rich tapestry um so in this first one which i think we should play just to set the scene this is kind of like the longest version she has she talks to a bunch of different hers and she talks to negative me uh scared me uh late me at one point mm. just like sneaks in the back of the room oh, right and yeah she talks to anti-social me and each one of them stressed me each one of them has a reaction you know, in keeping with their their that part of her personality finally All related to a house buying that, a house yeah, she wants to sell her yeah. house and buy a new one yeah. and it's of course a very stressful decision making process and she wants like you know to get the best advice possible and so after like consulting all of these parts of her personality, she's like rewarded by the idea that Zillow is going to help her out. So here she comes, kind of regular me, is kind of walking through the, the er conference. Ermi is Ermi <laughs> is uh, walking through the conference room doors. Okay, listen up. Selling our place, buying this place. Thoughts? Negative me. No. Shouldn't have started with you. Spontaneous me. Already ordering drapes. Paranoid me. Why are you asking me? Antisocial me! <laughs> Wow, I'm rude. Uh, lazy me? Lazy, lazy me. me! We gotta sell our place, sort out finances? <laughs> uh, stressed me. 
Wow, okay. Uh, does anybody have anything helpful? Helpful me. Hi, um, we don't need to stress about lining it all up. Zillow can help with that. And that's why you're my favorite me. I thought I was your favorite me. Oh, you totally are, gullible me. <laughs> me. Me. <laughs> Me, 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 me. Now we cut to. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. Yeah, we we cut to from her imaginary boardroom to her just sitting on her sofa in her actual house, looking at her Zillow app and chanting "me, me, me" quietly. Me, me. Do you say something to me? I say anything. Again, really good performances in this because she has to play all these different versions yes. of herself dressed exactly as herself. I actually went and found, um, so we're going to watch a few more of these ones because they really, they've stayed very funny and she does a, such a great performance in all of them and she's doing so much, obviously, like every, virtually every voice you're hearing is mm-hmm. hers. Um, and even though you know it's the same actress and she's dressed identically to herself, she really performs these different identities yeah. in a way that's like kind of surprising and and for and in such a quick little hit you know i was talking i was talking to i was listening to um like wake up san diego or some some kind of like little local you mm-hmm. know local morning show in san diego in san diego they interviewed her um i guess it was a slow news day about this about particular this campaign, particular campaign really? yeah and it wasn't a very interesting interview so i'm not going to share it here um but she it, she did share the detail that they shot all of these on in one day of filming. So she had like a long day of shooting, and she was like, "It was really fun." She says, "Every time you're seeing me, my face, um, but there's like a body. You know, I'm facing one of my doppelgangers. That's a body double." Mm-hmm. So she's like, "It was just me and a bunch of body doubles dressed like me." Oh my gosh, in the that room. Must have been so surreal. Yeah, to be been... the to be the Ermi, yeah. as you say. By the way, this woman is in a lot We're of commercials. Get to it. Oh, you've already done the deep dive. I, I will say that the actress name is Molly Lloyd. Yes, Molly okay. Lloyd has is working. Okay. Um, but let's let's look at some more of these Susan ads for Zillow. Yeah, I love this. Okay, so this next one you have dialed up here is called uh, financing, right? Yeah. So it's picture the exact same scene, right? She's in the Susan and Susan boardroom. She's talking to the Mies. Okay, this house. Spontaneous me. Should we make an offer? Buy it. Too spontaneous. Mm. Worst case scenario me. Can we afford it? I've run the numbers. It doesn't end well. This is getting us nowhere. Let's just ask Zillow for help with financing. Yeah, let's ask Zillow for help with financing. (sighs) So once they have the big long commercial that lays out the plot, now they just have these little mini ones that they can kind of spin off. And so there she is at the end uh, on her couch again, just like uh, fiddling with her app. Yeah, so that one is fine. I, I like the I've run the numbers. It doesn't end well. Yeah, me. yeah. Um, here's one about getting a cash offer uh, from Zillow. Selling our house, buying this house. What do we think? Negative me. Too much hassle. Control freak me. We leave nothing to chance. We get a cash offer from Zillow. Give me the clicker. No. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Control freak me wants you to <laughs> hand over the slide clicker. I love it. I love it. These are really good. Okay, last one here. Uh, listing tours. Should I go for it? Yeah. This house is eight times our budget, but look. Thank you, spontaneous me. Yes. Negative me. It's on an island. We'll drown. No, we won't. You will drown. Guys, it's 1 a.m. <laughs> Bedtime. Boo! Okay, one more. <laughs> okay. She says, okay, one more. And then we cut to her back on her couch. And, and she... this time it's clearly nighttime. Yes. All the lights are out. She's like addicted to her app. I mean. I've been I, there. You've been there. Yes. We have some other friends okay, who've been there. Okay, one more. Yeah, just staying up late and just so Molly fantasizing. Lloyd. About- Molly Lloyd. I'm a fan. I am a huge fan. So and you've picked out some some best ofs or some greatest hits. Works 
like I said, like she has a lot of commercials. She has been in um, Downey, uh, you know, clothes. Uh, what is that detergent? No, I think it's fabric fabric softener. softener, softener yeah. yeah, so she's um, she's does downy commercials. She's done Viva paper towels. She's done one for in the raw sugar. She's done them for UP, USPS, uh, IKEA. She's done a lot where she she has a kind of look like she's an attractive woman, um, kind of a pale redhead, not like you know a bombshell type, but like a, a nice looking woman. And in a lot of these ads, I feel like she's been typecast as like nurturing mommy type. Hmm. Those are not the ones I'm going to share with you because they are fine, but forgettable. She actually is a hilarious. She has great comic timing. And the ones that really stand out to me are the ones that that take advantage of her really good deadpan comedy chops mm-hmm. like the 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 ones for Zillow I think somebody really recognized that talent and clearly mm-hmm. like let her like really cut loose but she's in a bunch of these other ads for really big campaigns Snickers the Bud Light um uh you know like the King Arthur, the King ones, Arthur ones or whatever ones, yeah. those are really that was a huge campaign that was the Dilly Dilly campaign the Dilly Dilly campaign she's got she's got a minor role in a bunch of those that really? I'm play I here did. I wonder if I'll rec- I wonder if I've seen those exact commercials and then I'll be like ah yes there maybe she is. yeah I don't know. so this first one is for Snickers um it's she's in a boardroom uh, again <laughs> like or not a boardroom like it's like a conference room mm-hmm. um and she's talking to one of her coworkers who, it must be said, has a kind of a werewolf quality. He's not a werewolf. Well, that's exactly what a werewolf would say. Well, he doesn't he's not meant to we're not meant to believe okay. that he's a real werewolf. Okay. But he's got kind of like stick you know, like sort of um disheveled, spiky hair and a lot of facial hair and a big unibrow. So he's okay. got kind of like a, a So you're feral not just quality. you're not just describing this actor. You're he's made up in this way yes. to be uh, evocative of Yes, he's we're meant to a wild see man. him be a little wild looking. Okay, let's take a listen. And she's to she's the, she's standing at the head of the table and addressing him. You thought using nicknames might endear you to your new team. Did you just call me Stanimal? Turns out they only use that name behind Stan's back. Life's full of hidden problems. Okay. So we hit a comforting brownie <laughs> in Snickers. So she doesn't have a lot to do there other than to stand there and look very uncomfortable yes. after she and called whisper, this an- okay. animal-looking guy Stanimal. Yes. Um, and by the way, there's a nice little flourish with him. After the the voiceover begins, you see him sort of like animalistically scratch yes. the back of his head. Yeah, <laughs> it's obvious why he's called Stanimal. That's really good. I'm gonna play it again because you thought using nicknames might endear you to your new team. Did you just call me Stanimal? Turns out they only use that name behind Stan's back. <laughs> Life's full of hidden problems. Okay. So we hit a comforting <laughs> brownie and a Snickers. She's great. She's so good. I mean, she does a lot with her face in that that I love. Um, all right, let's look at some of these Bud Light Dilly Dilly ads. Um, so I think we probably all remember the gist of this. It's a we have a Dilly. We have we have another Dilly. <laughs> it's the king. He loves Bud Light. There's the Bud Light Night. He's always like doing. Yeah, what are the plots of these? Like, what well, is the you know, Bud Light Night? It's doing basically again? the plot of Wizard of Vid, right? The cartoon, the comic. Yeah. How's that for a timely reference? I was going to say, we're <laughs> finally getting through one episode of this damn show without me talking about Archie comics, and you're going to the I'm Wizard gonna, of Ed. I'm, I'm going back to the Wizard of Ed, yeah. Um, all right, so the king is talking to uh, his, like, 
I don't know. You know, I think it's King Arthur to be a ripoff of the Wizard of Id as well. <laughs> in this one, the king goes into some some room in his in his castle, and he's he's here. He's listening to a pitch from his kind of like wizardy type Merlin. Uh, I don't know, alchemist guy. Okay. My king, I have discovered something called a preservative. We can put it in Bud Light and make it last forever. Wait, why would I want it to last forever if I'm going to drink it now? Start again. Imagine you wanted to wait a year. A year? It won't be cold in a year. Are you all right? Okay, okay. Uh, I could be dead in a year, right? Yes, my king, you'll definitely be dead in a year. Maybe soon. <laughs> Thank you. I think I'll drink it now. Year old beer. It's madness. Bud Light. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. <laughs> there she is. She says, "Oh yes, she'll certainly be dead in a year." Yeah, um, and she does, and again, like it's she's got these very tiny roles. Yeah, um, tight but, windows. But she always has a great line delivery. Um, and this was maybe maybe the reason I have never seen that ad in the I wild. I don't think I'd seen that one. Do you remember what Bud Light got in a whole like they got in a sort of a, a fight with other beers because they Light. they were claiming that they were the only ones that didn't have corn syrup and like the other beers were like no one has corn syrup in the beer it was exactly like um that mr show sketch which i'm sure we referenced at the <laughs> yes. time but it's just like uh, our apples aren't poison <laughs> right <laughs> like exactly. the competitor just starts like saying shop here our apples yeah. aren't poisoned and then everybody else is like our apples aren't poisoned either yeah. um yeah that like, was i don't a, think alcohol needs preservatives because i think alcohol is a preservative but the thing is like it was the i mean i think it was miller light that really fell into that trap because yeah, then they're taking they a whole right page ads I know. denying that they use and then explaining the science behind using a certain when thing you're that is related you're and just like dude you fell into their trap now you have a whole page ad like talking about bud light and their accusation against you Silliness. Silliness. Okay, uh, you have another one here. I think this is another. Uh, this is another Bud Light commercial. Is it still the same campaign? It's the same campaign. Okay. She's a, she's not in the. She's not like a guard in this one, but she's basically one of the king's sort of henchmen. Okay. Um, in this one, she and a bunch of other uh, soldiers are standing at the castle wall. Well, first we see a bunch of fl- of arrows flying through the countryside. Uh, it's a little unclear why. Then we realize that they're coming from the castle wall. And um, our girl Molly and uh, and several other soldiers are firing them off into the countryside for a reason that they'll explain. I should mention we just saw a close up of one of the quivers of these arrows, and it looks like there's some sort of message attached. There's a message to them, attached, right? to them, and then the Bud Light Knight walks up and asks them what they're doing. What are you doing? Well, the king believes people should know what ingredients are in their beer. He ordered us to tell everybody. Yeah, but did he order you to shoot arrows blindly into the kingdom? We didn't say not to. (laughs) Wouldn't it be better to just put the ingredients label on the packaging? (sighs) Just a thought. Well, we already put them on all these arrows. We'll do it on the next batch. All right. You know, you'll get more distance if you widen your stance. Look at that, an ingredients label. Introducing our new ingredients. <laughs> that from a guy who's been shot in the arm with an arrow. <laughs> um, yes, I can see seeing her in these commercials and saying, I want her to start. These are all just like 
uh, wetting the appetite, right? Yeah. So does that mean does wetting? Am I using it correctly there? Yeah, I think so. Not satisfying, but wetting. Yes. Yes. Um, why don't we try the? Oh, now she gets a little bit of a bigger role okay. here in this Booking dot com ad. Booking dot com, of course, is a travel website. Um, she comes running into uh, kind of a lobby of a some sort of corporate entity, um, and we realize she's she's late for her. Or she believes she's late for her interview. Hi, Kristen Green. Here for my interview. My flight was delayed. You're early. A day early. Huh? Yes. Now she gets out her phone. Swing by. And quietly, um, like, starts looking for a, a motel for a hotel nearby. Yes. I just wanted to swing by. Uh, great to meet you. Hi. <laughs> um. So I'll be on my way to my hotel just around the corner. The right room, right booking now. The new way to book from booking.com. So in other words, she gets there a day early because she has totally not. Yeah. She's just totally misunderstood what day it is. Thinks she's late is actually a full day early and then surreptitiously and quickly books a hotel nearby. While the receptionist guy is just sort of giving her the hairy eyeball. Exactly. Sort of. Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say this. If you're on time, you're late. Um, secondly, on TBTL, Luke overslept for a very important uh, gig last week. And it sounds like it was just one of those nightmare stories that I think almost everybody can associate with. Like at some point in your career or life, you've overslept for something really important and you wake up with that just that immediate feeling of panic and like you are just the biggest piece of garbage on the face of the earth and like you're running out the door an hour after you were already supposed to be somewhere and there's still your ears are still wet from taking a shower right yeah. and you're just like everything is just feels disheveled and like it like I just hate that feeling so much and Luke told this story um, about this happening to him recently and then we started to get voicemails and so on today's show we got to hear a bunch of voicemails from people who are basically like telling their worst case scenario oh, stories like oh God, this. That's that's just anxiety inducing just thinking about it. We heard from a uh, person who was a brand, if you don't mind me just <laughs> retelling content no, from fine. TBTL. Um, we heard from a professor who was, who had just taken a job in a different state, like three or four states away, and she's in her driveway with a uh, moving truck that's all packed up and her car filled up and a two-year-old and she's getting ready to go on the road to move to the new state and take the job when her phone rings and the dean wants to know where are you it's the first day of class <gasps> yeah what yeah there was some mix-up she just had the date wrong or she just something. had the date wrong yes that is a nightmare that is her that's not even the first day of school that is the first day of her job at this school oh my god classes she commenced. said it was, she said it was like nine or seven years ago or something and she she still just can't get over it she still thinks yeah. about it all the t time oh my god that is a true yeah, that is a right, living nightmare right there's another lawyer who i can't remember the term um but she worked for a firm that doesn't usually do a lot of um I can't remember the term. You would know it from watching <laughs> Law and Order or whatever. But um, they don't do a lot of whatever this procedure is where you actually, um, you know, sit down with judges or whatever. You, whatever. It's some part of the early trial process. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm fumbling around. And uh, she said, I was getting I was ready to be early for this situation. Yeah. Like I was all set. Uh, but I had to take my dog for a walk. Somewhere on the walk, I lost my keys. <gasps> I come back home. I can't get in. I can't get the dog in. I have to, with my bare hands, 
push the uh, air conditioning unit out of her first floor window oh, and geez. crawl in. So she throws the dog basically probably ruining the air conditioning unit. I, I don't unit know. I'm not process. exactly sure. And she ends up showing up to the it's not a deposition, but ends up showing up to the whatever the procedure is like bloodied and dirty <gasps> like oh an hour God. late. In both cases, uh, they said that everybody was super nice about it. But they, I actually kind of alluded to your story, and I, I didn't remember the details about what you had done, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you know when you feel so terrible terrible about something that you keep apologizing <laughs> until know. your biggest fault becomes you apologize too much? Everybody had that, where the p- people had to say, you need to stop apologizing yeah, now. That's now becoming my, the problem. My situation was um, like a... Absolutely apocalyptic hangover. (laughs) Okay, okay, right. And I was just a, you know, I was just a hot mess. And the person I was staying with said, it would be helpful if you would stop apologizing right 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 now. Like, it's not, basically like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, your feelings are clear. Let's just try to solve for the more pressing problems at hand. So sorry to get so off track, but it's like I'm seeing this commercial just coming off of a show where we talked about those stories. I'm kind of like, what a great problem to have. You're here a day early. You're a day early. When I apply for jobs, especially like that, that application process where you have to show up for the interview, which I haven't had to do in quite some time now, but like... I would always, no matter what level, like when I was a very young person, just, you know, applying for all kinds of jobs to jobs in my career now as an adult, I will show up. If it's out of state, I will show up the day before, not, not walk in and introduce myself, not, but yeah. like put, uh, like I will put eyes on the building. I never just trust the map. I want to know like, yeah. is, the, is the entrance going to be blocked? Is it off of an alleyway somewhere? Like there's always something that can, that can put you behind no matter how much buffer you give yourself and it's like you literally only have one chance to make that i mean that first impression right yeah. that's from that's literally from a commercial right what yeah is i that? think it was from um some kind of dandruff shampoo maybe head and oh shoulders. yeah you're right yeah yeah so anyway okay we have one more with molly right yes and she really gets to stretch in this one okay, so we're sort good. of ramping up here um this one is for GoDaddy, the um, domain uh provider mm-hmm and this is this is Molly talking about what it was like to open her own business and get a, a website from GoDaddy. You know, when I started my business, a lot of people didn't believe in me. But things took off when I got a domain and built my website, all at GoDaddy. Now I can tell the doubters to stick it. <laughs> hey, honey. Stick it! <laughs> She walks in. Stick it! Okay, oh, this is so good. So she was. So suddenly it cuts to her walking into her own kitchen and yelling at her husband, "Stick it!" And now she's just going around. She walks into a classroom, randomly yells at a teacher to stick it. It looks like she's yelling it over her fence at a neighbor. Now that she goes to see her ailing nana in a bedroom. <laughs> so I'll start again from the beginning of that montage. Stick it! Stick it! Stick it! Nana. Can you give your mommy a message for me? Stick it! <laughs> At the very end, we see her yelling. Her dead grandpa <laughs> or, or father, father possibly. We see her. We see her at a mantle of some sort. There is an urn, yep, a candle, and a, photo and a photograph of a, of a man who I'm gonna guess is her dad. And the final one is her screaming at her dead dad and blowing out oh, the she candle. Blows out the candle. That is some hardcore pokes shit. Pokes her finger in his face in this frame and yells, "Stick it!" Stick it! <laughs> 
Purchase website builder for $1 a month and get a free domain. I love her. I love her. I want to watch that Good Morning Pasadena or whatever you said she was interviewing. (laughs) Basically, Good Morning Pasadena. Um, Yeah, uh, she's terrific. And more work for Molly Lloyd, please. Absolutely. Let's give her a series. Can we do that? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Ah, Genevieve, while I was burning my face on soup earlier today, you were opening up the old mailbag. I did. Rustling around, looking what's inside. I looked in what I look in what's inside. I was looking what's inside. You were looking what's inside. What's inside? Well, I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who got back to me uh, on various channels about the uh, sound alike for Dance of the Nights for that. Um, oh, yeah. I think it was a Mercedes. Uh, Do we need to play this again? So just to recap really quickly. Yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead and play the the little. This is the Invisible Car commercial from. Well, Mercedes no, you're Bend. playing the wrong thing. Okay, um, this is not that. This is the Invisible Car stunt. Oh right. Okay. So to emphasize or campaign for their um, zero emissions car. Um, Mercedes did a campaign, did a commercial that had an invisible car, and then they had a campaign where they had like this trick car that was like fitted up with LEDs and a camera on one side, so that for passersby it would it could like look like they like it was transparent to them based on trickery. Um, and they played this song, this what sounded like classical music, I guess it was classical music, that sounded so much to me like the famous Dance of the Night song. Mm-hmm. But wasn't. And Dance of the Nights was from... I think it was from the Romeo, the ballet of Romeo okay. and Juliet by a composer called Prokofiev. Okay. So this is the Mercedes-Benz commercial here. And we um, shazammed this and we found out that it is a piece of music in its own right. It wasn't like something created for the commercial. I can't remember what it was. You, you shazammed it, as did a number of our listeners, um, and came up with something called Smooth Rest. This is the, this is the Dance of the Nights, the real one. This takes me back to my college days when I worked at a classical music I station. It. I would like, I wasn't on the air. I'd play the the talk sets from the DJs that they pre-record. Uh huh. Dance of the Nights, Prokofiev. I'm Nancy Sinning. <laughs> Lovely. Yes. Okay. That's all I got on that. Uh, so that, you, that wonderful improv. There. So you okay. you Googled it or you Shazammed it? Uh-huh. Came up with something called Smooth Rest Cafe by an artist listed as Emily Shepard. And we kind of like, you know, we're just a little baffled by this, um, but didn't have time in the moment to go deep on this. Uh, but some other listeners did, which I appreciate. But I, I just want to say thanks to everybody who said that they were, they had the same like, like impulse in their brain of like, this sounds almost right, but but it's also very wrong. And Smooth Rest Cafe is just such a, what is it terrible even mean? Na- now and again, like when we when we found it on YouTube, it like it seemed like it was some song from the Soviet Union era, and so it, that could be like a bad translation. Maybe do we end up spoiler spoiler me, Genevieve? Do we get any kind of resolution well, I'm here? Really trying to get there. All right, um, but I just want to start by saying uh, from Melisan, she says you are not weird. That absolutely sounds like the other song. I also thought, is that a different movement from that mm. piece? Why would they use it? 
Um, and is this a ripoff, the Smooth Rest Cafe? Uh, so she said it is confusing as hell. Um, Clyde had an interesting uh, information, that, which is that Prokofiev was well known for taking traditional folk melodies and using them as thematic elements. Um, so it's possible that like that's maybe the DNA of both of these songs. Hmm. But I think it was Daniel who really did the best uh, detective work here. He says, I was intrigued by this. I was also sure it was Dance of the Nights, and I couldn't believe that Shazam came up with this Smooth Rest Cafe. Um, so he then went kind of deep on Smooth Rest Cafe. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, found a YouTube link. That is what it, it is. And we did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you Shazammed it and found it. Something about that. This is Daniel. Something about that title and name of the artist didn't sit well with me. I noticed that there was no Wikipedia link for the artist among the results, so I changed mm-hmm. the search term to Smooth Rest Cafe Emily Shepard Wikipedia mm-hmm. and still no Wikipedia link. Uh, but he did find a Reddit link and not the same Reddit link that you found. Oh, that's right. I found one too. So yeah. we've all been trying to do do the work on this. Um, the internet sleuths on this Reddit link said that the, found that the song is actually called From Russia With Love by a band called Huma Huma. Okay, now that's this This is the smooth rest version, not the Prokofiev we're talking about, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, so Ble- better, forget about Prokofiev. I'm going to stop Everyone... playing that, then I was playing the wrong thing. I'm going to go back to Smooth Rest Cafe and get that going here. Okay, so this From Russia With Love is also, it's exactly the same song, so it's unclear, like, who really made this? Is it this Emily Shepard character, mm-hmm. or is it this band called Huma Huma? And basically, although we don't know this for sure, the the sort of consensus, growing consensus, is that Emily Shepard is probably just a generic or a a pseudonym for probably a group of people who are making royalty-free versions of, who are basically take, I would, and I'm sort of speculating here and kind of extrapolating Uh, from what Daniel uh, found uh, and what uh, this uh, Reddit thread found, but that they may be taking very famous music uh, like Dance of the Nights or, you know, the other famous classical pieces that everyone would kind of recognize and changing them just enough, just slightly, so that they can somehow make money off of them. Now, I don't understand how that works because I'm pretty sure most classical music at this point is in the public domain anyway. Well, it would depend on the performance of it, though. But maybe it pretends on, depends on the performance. Yeah, I but mean, then, if, if somebody does a new recording But if you can perform it, this version of it, this jank version of it, why can't you just perform the real one? Well, but you would need an orchestra. But somebody had an orchestra to make this. Who's, who's playing this? I might be misunderstanding your question, so sorry if I'm belaboring this, but I'm saying, like, let's say that you and I want to make a commercial, right? Yeah. Yes, the music is not protected by, you know, it's in the public domain now, but all of the recordings we have access mm-hmm. to are probably copyrighted because it's okay. so, you know, it's the Seattle Symphony and right. they have a copyright to their performance. So where do you and I turn if we want a cheap version? Probably not oh, Seattle I see. It's Symphony. Oh, I that's it why... Maybe. I'm just speculating but, here with you. I'm along for the but ride. But then that's my point. So, so Emily Shepard or whatever Russian cyber mm-hmm. criminal gang is pretending to be Emily Shepard they perform this version, this janky version of a very good song, and then they sell it to me, Mercedes Benz, for less, for for cheap. And why not? Why, why call not just, it something else? Why call it something else? And why not just perform the real one and sell that to me for cheap? Let me ask you this, and I don't have an answer to that question, obviously. Um, but um, 
if you type in Emily Shepard royalty free music, I find a bunch of other things on YouTube. I said I, I said let me ask you this, and then I didn't ask you anything. So let me ask you this: Would you would you go on this journey with me a little bit? Here is something called <laughs> feels uh, like a rhetorical question, uh, but <laughs> I know as because I did not stop and wait for an answer. Uh, this is something called Megahead, credited to Emily Shepard. Okay. Okay, I'm going to stop that now. Here is something called uh, Single Goat's Dream by Emily Shepard. This all, I dabble. This feels like a ripoff of, um, what's that song by, you know. I think of a Pharrell thing. It doesn't remind, it's something on the tip of my tongue. It's, by not, it's, the, it's the dudes with the helmets. Oh, um, uh, Daft, Daft Punk. Punk. Um, yeah, and you know, I have been pulling some royalty-free music um, recently uh, for commercials on TBTL or what have you. I think we're fine playing regular songs, but anyway, it just seemed easier. So uh, YouTube has a library where um, people can submit royalty-free music, and I got to say, some of these do sound, you know, these these last two instrumentations I just played sound like the type of thing you would find there. So this is very interesting. Well, I'm very interested in it, and I would like to know how one might might use might be scamming because this is what the reddit thread said or someone on the reddit thread is my bets on emily shepherd being a scammer or group of scammers trying to make money by selling public domain music so maybe by changing it just a little bit they can sell it for money whereas if it was the actual music that is in the public domain they somehow couldn't I don't know anyway I would love to know if anyone understands how you would make money doing this because I would like to make some money Genevieve has what we are not the first people to puzzle over this well I guess reddit yeah clearly that I am now we are now listening to something called wet tea oh is this like Taco Bell's canon or something oh this is like the wedding march is it it sounds, it's, first of all, it's called Wet Teapot, which is another terrible name. Yeah, they right? all have the sense, they all have the, the, all the names sort of sound like random translations from another language. I am playing this off of YouTube one year ago, and this is the top comment from user Alyssa says, something isn't sitting right with me on this one. Why is this artist called Emily Shepard so hard to track down? This seems like a well-recorded song, yet you literally cannot find anything about her or this song anywhere else on the internet except for here on YouTube. Why is that? Makes me wonder if this Emily Shepard even exists. I would like to know who the actual composer is. Why are there no articles about <laughs> Emily? Why why no live videos of her playing this song or talking about it? If you if you Google Emily Shepard, you get no I think results. it's pretty clear blah, there's blah, blah, no blah. Emily Shepard. Yeah. Who is Emily Shepard? Who is John Galt? Who is Emily Shepard? Wow. Well, anyway, what an interesting... And this is plot, all just because you listen, You just yeah. were like, what a weird version of that song. The plot thickens, but Daniel, thank you for <sighs> tracking down as much as you did, and we'll we'll keep picking at this as we uh, as we have the opportunity. Bring me Emily Shepard. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. So um, this is from listener Nick, and Nick has a bone to pick with GMC. Hmm. Um, he says this commercial, this is a commercial for something called the AT4 lineup, which is just like, like trucks and SUVs, um, high, you know, like high performance, like whatever trucks and SUVs. 
Um, but as Nick says, this commercial is implying that pickup trucks and SUVs have better off-road capability than high-performance luxury vehicles like Lamborghinis and things like that. Um, and he says, this isn't news. Why would they even compare the I was two? wondering if I was hearing you right yeah. on that. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously. So you're telling me that a pickup truck or an SUV <laughs> exactly. has better off-road performance than a Lamborghini? I am telling you that. But Lamborghinis, so would, commercial. Be, Lamborghinis would be so great off-road. I mean, they're so low to the ground. Right. And you're going to see a great example of that. <laughs> he says, it's nonsense. Nobody would expect a Lamborghini to drive up and down a rock cliff face. Nobody. Anyway, here's the commercial. See if it aggravates you as much as it did me. All right. So let's take a listen you to You've got this. these very like rough off-road scenarios um like desert sands and rocky uh you know landscapes and things like that and you've got what i don't know that much about cars but looks like a lamborghini um sitting out here on this off-road uh landscape just spinning its wheels think premium can't be capable think again now we get to our our GMC trucks, and they are perfectly able to handle these muddy, off-road, desert sands. Um, and they look pretty luxurious inside, which is something I'll get to here. They show you, like, all the sort of details of the I think that's leather the point seats of the commercial. It's poorly executed, though. Nick yeah. is right. It's poorly executed. They're making it sound like they're confusing luxury with performance, I think, in this. Like, a Lamborghini isn't a luxury car. It's like a high-performance right. car. But, like, I think what they're trying to say is you can have a luxury car experience inside one of these giant monsters. Right. And then still go off-road with it when really you're just, let's face it, a soccer mom. But yeah, whatever. the question isn't, you like, people mistakenly think that a high-performance race car uh can do what a like an off-road vehicle yeah. can do they what they're what they should be saying is like think that a high perform like a high performance off-road vehicle can't be luxurious no you're wrong right and that's what that's what they get at when they it is finally fun to show see the lamborghini the like spinning its wheels in the desert though. Yeah, i mean exactly. it's just like it's a fun visual but i agree with you nick like this pitch is broken yeah suck it lamborghini Wait, what did she say? Stick it! Stick it! Head council, it's jingle time. Hey, friendos, it's Corinne, and I was listening to the latest episode of 99% Invisible. It was about margarine, and you guessed it, uh, an old commercial from my childhood bubbled to the surface. But typically, uh, I'm not able to find any evidence online that this thing ever existed. I'm finding other old Land of Lakes uh, margarine commercials, uh, even ones that feature the same animated singing cows. Uh, but anyway, yeah, can't find this one. I do, I'm pretty sure I didn't make it up. I even remember uh, my mother hearing the commercial and telling me, oh, the tune that they're singing, that's actually an old standard song called Margie. Uh, but anyway, uh, here's a song that probably only I remember. <clears throat> margarine, those butter folks now make a margarine. Those good old butter folks at Land Lakes, they know what it takes to make some margarine with ooh, 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 good taste. 
Our butter's number one. Now please try our margarine. It's Lando Lakes and it's new. Wow. Bye. Really great. Nice range. What? Uh, yes, that was lovely. Um, yeah, we couldn't find the uh, the original for that either, but I am pretty confident you didn't make it up. Did st- very specific, very specific delusion. <laughs> uh, if so, um, we did find some of those other uh, commercials with these animated cows, which now that I see them look sort of familiar. Although I don't think these were airing during my TV watching years. I could be wrong about that. They're but from yeah, pretty. Well, we they would, they would look have been pretty, pretty young. classic though. Yeah, yeah I very, like it. Very nice, Corinne. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. You can sell All right, Vee, you have an appointment to get to, so let's wrap this up. Thank you, everybody, for helping make it another really good show today. Thank you, Vee, for... Letting me just eat soup while you did all the work. <laughs> if you want to join the conversation, go over to Facebook and look for After These Messages Show on Facebook. Answer a couple of security questions. They're easy, just like mom's last name, social security number. <laughs> yeah. simple. Mom's last name. I think I meant uh, maiden name. Uh, find us there or email us, After These Messages Show at gmail.com and the voicemail line where you can sing us a jingle or rap us a jingle or just talk. What's on your mind? 607 444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. Talk to you guys next week. Anything.